Bro, can't you get like calluses from like jerking off though? <laughs> no, surely not. Then all the city boys would have them if that were the case. <laughs> <laughs> Reading between the lines with CC and Bex. I'm Cece. And I'm Bex. Today we're doing our first mini-sode on the bonus chapter between Nesta and Cassian, Wings and Embers. We're walking into this with the intention of chatting like we've known you forever and discussing all things bookish, fanfic, and conspiracy theory about whatever it is we're reading together. We're recording this episode after we've gone through the rest of the books, so if you haven't read the whole series, including A Court of Silver Flames, then skip this episode until you do so. Yeah, we won't be avoiding any spoilers, so don't say we didn't warn you. Now, whatever it is you're doing as you join us, you're welcome, and let's get into the goods. So this takes place in the time of a court of mist and fury, Akamath. We're taking uh, it back. <laughs> taking it back. Uh, even though it was included as a bonus scene at the end of Akawar, it is classified as a deleted scene, actually. Actually, it's classified as a deleted scene. Uh, so that's how we're looking at it. Um, so in this time, we're still waiting for the queens to reply to Resan several but Resan has reached out to these bitches several times. So many times. For but being me, the worst. You didn't think it would be that hard, right? Okay, but... This was a letter where Reese professes love to his former human mate that he could not yet have. We theorize. It could have been. could have been. It could have been that letter. If, if, if. And Nesta is still human, has not entered said cauldron quite yet. Pages one through six are in Cassian's uh, view. Uh, it's a third-person narration. Then we switch to a third-person narration of Nesta's point of view in uh, 7 through 10. And then <laughs> switching right back to Cassian. Cassian! Cassian! <laughs> Cassian! Uh, so I just want to say, in the opening of said bonus chapter sure. here, okay, <laughs> the the first thing that they say is basically just complimenting the crap out of Cassian. And my only question is, who wrote this introduction? Because <laughs> it sounds like it may have been Cassian. Uh, Cassian did it. I'm just saying. He wasn't looking for a fight. Let's review here, okay? So it says, for Cassian, the brash, handsome, Illyrian general of Resen's armies, dealing with the opposite sex has always been easy and enjoyable. I'm sorry, Cassian fucking wrote that. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely um, he did. I enjoyed that they had to include that, even though this is literally at the end of book three. You just got done reading all of this. Yeah. And they're like, in case you didn't know who Cassian is, person who's made it to the end of this 700 page book. Um, he's a brash, handsome Illyrian general. <laughs> to be fair, some of us have ADHD bets. Okay. <laughs> So I need you to check your privilege real quick. Okay. Sometimes, sometimes I don't know where I'm at and I need people to tell me. As okay? if you could freaking forget Cassian. You cannot, please. No. Okay. That's, that's fair. Mm -hmm. That's completely fair. No, mm -hmm. he is, uh, he is brash and handsome and clearly and enjoyable and very enjoyable. You know, that's for both parties. Uh Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I love it is that this whole thing opens up with Cassian overthinking all the things because that's typically what we see people portray women doing, but not so much men. Yeah. And so I love that we have that from dear, dear Cassian. He's like circling around like, geez, I wonder when I should land. I'm so nervous. You know, it's really cute. It's really endearing. Uh, he doesn't know when he's going to land. And it's almost as if thinking about the last time that he spoke with Nesta and how curt and brash she is mm -hmm. kind of gave him a little bit of a, a boost. And he spurted down almost, what do they say? Like swift, near reckless dive for the estate. Almost as if he was desperate to get down there 
while he still had the balls to do so. Well, he he checked his own cowardice, right? So he's mm-hmm. up there coming up with whatever snarky remarks he can to some imaginary conversation he's having in his head. And then he realizes, hey, you're 10 minutes late. You've been flying around up here. What are you so afraid of? He's like, I'm not afraid of anything. His little inner voice. And he's like, and to prove it, I'll fly really fast towards the front door. <laughs> But, you know, I really love that she says that. I love that you bring that up. I love that she says, you're 10 minutes late. Here's Cassian, in his own words, ridiculously handsome, okay? Rugged. <laughs> He's like 400 years old. He is He's 500. He was in the war. Five. Okay, well, I was trying to get Check him, your privilege. I was just trying to give him a century bet, okay? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be giving lately, okay? I'm trying to be forgiving. Mm-hmm. All right, so Cassian, who's handsome, rugged, and a young-looking 500. A young <laughs> fire. He's a leader. He is a killer. He's aged and terrifying. And here's Nesta, this little bitty human girl, okay? 22, 23, and she goes... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're 10 minutes late. What an absolute badass. What an absolute badass. You know, I love that we, the narrator also reminds us of how barbed and vicious Nesta is. And I'm just thinking to myself, isn't that Cassian likes somebody who doesn't put up with his arrogance bullshit? Or is he a little self-punishing? Like, is he a masochist? Ooh. Because he's so good you know, he'd do anything for anyone. He'd lay his life on the line. He stands up for women's rights, like all the things that we've seen him do through silver things. Right. We know that he's amazing and just a lovely fae. But here, when he's thinking, Nesta, I got to get to Nesta. Is it because he wants somebody to spar with verbally, but he just doesn't think he's worth anything more? I don't, I don't know. What do you think? Well, so and I, I I appreciate the spar. I like that. I think that is kind of what it is. For reading have, it is fun. Yeah, I think he might have a little masochism in him. Um, raise your hand if you've been slapped during sex more than once. Okay, hey, how you doing? Um, <laughs> like it's fun. Okay, you know you just have a little fun with it. Uh, so That's what she said. You heard her right. <laughs> so I am not knocking Cassian. Okay. If he wants somebody to take him to task, be it, be it far from me to come at Cassian over that. You go right ahead, baby. You get yours. Okay. But I do see this physical back and forth with them. It's almost as if they have a language under the verbal mm. in the sense that they're reading each other's eyes, their reactions, their tenseness, their tightness, their quick, sudden, small movements. They're yeah. really reading those signs mm-hmm. each other. So it's almost as if they're getting past the bullshit, so to speak. Nesta's got a lot of bullshit. Uh, from her mom, from her yeah. dad, from being the oldest, from dealing with Feyre and blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. Dealing with her own stuff, he can see right through that and see all of her little physical movements that she does. And like, no one else is going to see this, but I know you're t- tell when you blink a little bit, mm-hmm. when you pull back, when you tighten up, I see you. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's so much that they want to hurt each other as much as it is that both of them can see through the hurt yeah, and through the pain that they inflict on each other and others and see to the true person underneath. Yeah. And I, I think it takes someone almost of equal pain to understand that. And I think they have a lot of equality in that, in that realm. No, I think that's an excellent point. When I think about in Akawar when Cassian comes back from whatever battle, I think it was the first um, battle that happens in the book. He comes back, he's been running around with Reese, tending to the wounded and walking around. And then he comes into the tent with Favor and Nesta. Nesta takes one look at him and is like, you're hurt. And even Reese, who's known him for five centuries, didn't pick that up. And so I think you're on to something there. They they definitely have their physical tells with each other. And for some reason, yeah. they're just gravitating towards each other. Well. 
you know, their mates. So, uh, spoiler! Yeah. Uh, as if everyone didn't know almost immediately that they were totally going to be together. Oh, yeah. I also love that as we get into all of this, we get a quick shot at Grayson here and how stupid he is. <laughs> I mean, you should take every shot at Grayson that you that you ever can. Absolutely. Every shot that you can take, take it. Because who, who likes Grayson? Mm, zero people. I, exactly zero. I bet it's the opposite number of people who have been slapped during sex. <laughs> <laughs> who have been slapped during sex. That's... <laughs> <laughs> this is also the first time we get like a little bit of um explicit language from somebody who's not Rhysanne and Feyre. Correct. Which is fun. So he's staring at her boobies and he's thinking about what's in his oh. pants. Um, it's got a little bit of that slow burn to it that you know something's going to happen. But, you know, when people kiss, you're like, oh, they're kissing. But when he touches her hand, you're like, oh. <gasps> They touched hands. It's it's very electric. And there, again, is the physical, you know, and they're the most sexual couple. Yeah. Which, I mean, I know Favor and Rusan, you know, like, they totally do it, like, a lot. They did it a lot. But... Three times a day. Good for the High Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Nesta and Cassian, Nessian. Nessian. Casta? Casta Nessian. It's Cast- Nessian. Nobody's Casta. saying Casta. I like Casta. Oh my God, stop. Can we it's not Nessian. do Casta? Okay, no. fine. Stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> Look, Casta, it's going to it's gonna catch on. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's it's not. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> but there's the physical again. They're looking like the sexuality, the closeness of them. He's looking at the boobies, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and he notices her tiny waist that she's thinner than the other two sisters. Like he is very in tune with Nesta physically. Mm-hmm. And I think that really cuts through to her, um, especially considering her, her trauma. Mm-hmm. And I know Bex, I know you're all about the trauma, baby. I love some trauma. Who doesn't like trauma? Everybody some, has some trauma, trauma, drama. Trauma, drama, drama. You know what I like? I was thinking about your comment from one of the first episodes about how Lucian has gone through so much and he still has a sense of humor and Alice has gone through so much and she still has a sense of humor. And I love that we get this little bit of comedy here with Nesta when she compares him to a pigeon who's been flying around outside (laughs) for 10 minutes. But it's kind of like the That's opposite cute. of what your actual point was, was that Lucian still has light within him. And Nesta, we know, is dark and she's going to get darker. Yes, but do you think, honestly, that Nesta would say that and not expect Cassian to take it as kind of a joke dig? You know, just a little tip for tat. Oh, no, you know, it's definitely little, part of the little, back and forth, the little dance you know? that they got going on. But see, here's the problem is that their tit for tat, their dance, their verbal fencing, so to speak, gets a little dark. It gets a little too far. Yeah. They go too far. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, the first jab, I would say that's that's very serious and may draw a little emotional blood here, is when Cassian mentions, you know, with her being so young, had she ever actually been with a man before i mean when i read that i was like come on you can't just go around asking people whether they've had sex before or not like you don't know her well enough <laughs> to ask her that can you imagine no like, put, yourself, put yourself in her position you've met this dude once or twice you had dinner with him you're a bitch absolute bitch he shows up you're a human he's this like super powered fey illyrian thing <laughs> he's asking you have you uh ever had sex or not what are you gonna say to this? like um no but i'd like to <laughs> hey no but is that uh, an offer no, but or... really? <laughs> Because my hand is in the air and no one's calling on me. It makes me think of that line in in Silver Flames where Reese says, you wear your heart on your sleeve for all to see. Yeah. I'm just like, Cassian, be more direct, please. My God. Yes, but I I think that's how they, that's how they communicate. Because if they were direct... It would make each other so uncomfortable. Mm. They needed the tip for tat. They need to go back and forth. They need to jab and jab and jab. Uh, but Nesta comes right back at Cassian, basically saying that 
I would never be with anyone of a low caliber. Yeah. Class wise. Yeah. Which of course he becomes a little bit emotional about that. Uh, He's a little bit of a pass. I hate those lines. Don't you? Like it makes, it makes them hard to read for me because I'm like, shame, leave Cassian alone. Why are you doing that to him? Well, you have to understand though, that she felt, even though Cassian has absolutely no idea that she has had a run-in with Thomas. 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 You're doing Thomas. 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 Uh, he does not know that she's had this run-in with Thomas. So when he asks her, have you ever actually been with a man mm. or anyone, you know, I feel like Nesta goes to the defense and she goes, you know what? I'm going to hit you just as hard as you hit me because that's, that is her defense mechanism yeah, is sure. the offense. Yeah. Don't try to, don't try to embarrass me. She's going to come right back at him. I'm going to embarrass you. But you know, Cassian's 500 years old. He should know better than to ask questions. You don't want to know the answer to because I'm in my mind, I'm just thinking what answer would have been good for you there. None. You wanted to hear that she's had lots of sex with lots of men. Exactly. Or you wanted to hear that she was a virgin makes you want her more. Even though that's a social construct that I don't agree with, but fine. (laughs) No, he just wanted a reaction. Mm. He wanted to piss her off. So it's really not about the question or the answer. It's not about the tip for the tat. It Mm. It is about getting someone's goat. And that is what gives him the thrill. And that's what gives Nesta the thrill. Except I feel like Nesta... Her her reactions are more defensive than anything. She has to defend herself. She has to defend Elaine. She has to defend her poor, crappy family and her social status. Like, she's always on the defense. Mm-hmm. You know, wh- whether it's right or wrong. Well, she doesn't have much of substance to be on the offense of anything. Correct. <laughs> so when she comes back at him, uh, you know, again, he gets kind of emotional. But then the next scene... I guess is what you could call it. Sure, we have that shift. Uh, It's an emotional shift where he reads Nesta, whether it was her eyes. I think, hold on, let's see here. She had, oh, here it is. So Cassie, so, and Cassian went right for the throat as he said, have you ever been with a male Nesta? To lie or tell the truth, where did the advantage lie? So she merely said, Have you? (laughs) As we know, this could have been an absolute dagger at her heart. At her heart. Like that question to her could have rendered her an emotional puddle. Sure. But she gives the repartee. She comes back and she's like, hey, fuck you. Hey, what's up? Are you you talking to me? Talking talking to me? me? (laughs) (laughs) So she responds uh, to him being lowborn, but. There's something in that little back and forth where she starts to swallow. Mm. And she says something uh, along the lines of, I don't know if it was my scent or if he saw my face, whatever it was. There was some kind of telling, a, a physical manifestation of what was inside of her when it came to Tomas. Mm-hmm. And he lost it. He lost it. And, and he knew something was wrong with her. And he was trying to get it out of her. Yeah. What happened to you? Yeah. And I love the remark that we get just after it, that mm-hmm. Cassian would do would do it. Cassian would do it, right? not just for her. He'd do it for anyone. Correct. And we see that little bit more of him that we've, he's true to character all the, all the way through. Mm-hmm. This is Cassian through and through. It's not necessarily that it's Nesta. Right. He could get a perfect stranger and she could be like, yo, just had a moment with Tomas over there. He was terrible, forced himself upon me and, you know, enact your wrath. And he would do so on behalf of all women everywhere. He will cut a fool real quick. And he is a very white knight-ish. He's a very, he's white knight. Yeah. And we're going to discuss Cassian and Azrael and their own individual episodes but cassian is both white knight and empowerer and that's what we get in silver flames where you know some people will say that Azrael likes to save women cassian likes to empower women and train women and like yeah. enable them to protect themselves but Which I, I mean you know a little bit of both you gotta have something for everybody 
Yeah, a little bit of variance there. We like it. I like that this is our um, our introduction to Silver Flames and we immediately start seeing more of these comparisons of Nesta to weaponry. Yes. Because we get that a lot in Silver Flames. Nesta is a sword. She's a dagger. She's a blade. Sharp tongue. Yes, all, the all of these sword references. Mm-hmm. And so we, we get a little bit of that here and then um, we get the lovely cut a lesser male's balls phrase within and so it's just a lot of pointed nesta is a weapon nesta will be a weapon yes. and that really comes true so i like the little bit of force it's subtle if if i hadn't read silver flames at this point i wouldn't have recognized it but coming back and reading it i'm seeing the yes. little hints here and there same yes absolutely same thing with the fireplace there's a lot of yeah. logs and flames and snapping and, you know, the, you know, crickling of the fire and all that kind of stuff. And reading it back, it's, it, it is, it's very foretelling mm-hmm. of, of what's to come and what's going to bother Nesta. Yeah. Uh, and the, the man who might help her with that. Yeah. It's <laughs> a I lot of um, atmospheric consonants here where Ooh, oh, you know, oh oh shit we use it big words you're now, welcome oh, you thank you miss busby oh okay. thank you ap english <laughs> you're welcome oh, God, but if lit. you're reading this in the order that it's meant to be so we read this is the last thing you read before frost and starlight and then you head right into the cassian nesta tale and so you get yes you have the fireplace here and then soon you're gonna see the juxtaposition of that and so it's a little bit of that continuing onward. So I like it. And I also enjoy that we get a little bit of comparison to the first time Feyre had a one-on-one encounter with Reese. She was, quote, terrified of him, danger, danger. Mm-hmm. And here we have Nesta saying, this man is dangerous, 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 this male. Yep, yep, yep. And I was like, okay, I see what you did there, SJM. I saw you tie those two together in a, a nice little call bow. back, yep. call back, love it. Let's talk about something that is popular conversation in some of the SJM groups that I'm in online. Uh, like how sexy this is. <laughs> <laughs> so <Well>, hot. <laughs> like, it it's lovely. It's, it's that slow burn effect that we all love so much. But the one thing that I want to point out are the calluses. And the reference to the mini calluses, which to you and I is, you know, normal. That is part of our lives and um, always has been because we were raised in quite rural areas. So, yeah, most of the men in our lives had calluses. In fact, I think when I was a kid, I could count on one hand the men that didn't have calluses in my life. But I've seen it talked about in groups that some women think it's really odd that SJM keeps referencing calloused hands and what's the obsession with calloused hands they fucking have them it's because they work <laughs> manly they work they got sword they're swordsmen like yeah. what do you think they're gonna keep like beautiful like you think they lotion them every day like get your mm. soft hands out of here <laughs> i need aloe and cucumber melon like <laughs> do, you, do you still have that gift card to bath and body work like no no we don't share the gift cards to bath and body works okay <laughs> that's for us but that's exactly what uh, me and several other ladies from the country commented on the post was that look if you've been touched by the callous hands in the right way you want to keep the callous hands touching you in the right way and if you've had the pleasure of rubbing the callous feet Ew, why do you have to also make- excuse me, ma'am? That's a magical experience. Why do you have to make it gross? Why are we judging them cows' feet? They want the land. Just as just as the hands hold the reins of the horses and they get gross. them cows, the man's is in the boots. They okay. walk in the land, they okay. walk in the farmland. Pull it back in. Right back. Good Lord. <laughs> uh, but we support the callous hands and you should try them out if you hadn't had them. That used to be a joke when we were in high school that like guys would look at each other's hands and be like, we're not a real man. And we're like, dude, you got a chest here yesterday. None of you were real men, but congratulations. Bro, can't you get like calluses from like jerking off though? <laughs> <laughs> No, surely not. Then all the city boys would have them if that were the case. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how that works. Our dicks are. I don't know. No, stop. And I I also, I'm just kidding. (laughs) We also have a lot of um, 
mother and cauldron expressions throughout the books that I really love. And so I like that Cassian's third person narration thought to himself, mother and cauldron, damn me or damn him. Yeah. But I enjoy the references. And so now I'm like this weirdo who goes around in normal life saying, oh, mother damn us. Oh no. You're like one of those people who takes the internet out into real life. Do you say lol? Do you say lol, Bex? No, no, no. I do say LOL sometimes. I'm like, oh, that's not better. <laughs> that's, that's not better. Look, it's I'm, that's because I'm an elder millennial and I have to get my young people who work with me to keep me young and tell me all of the uh, acronyms. Who's, who's the next one? They're Gen X, right? I don't know. I can never keep them straight. Gen Zers, Gen X, Gen Y. I don't know what's above me, what's below me. All They're I know the hope for the future. And that's every, all everything is the fault of the millennials. And that's all I know. I'm crashing the economy somehow with my uterus. Because <laughs> we're not having enough babies. We're not building up the time. Okay, well, I'm. I guess I'm negative one. Yeah. Then right, you're really killing. Is it. That, if you don't have any, you're negative one now. Right? The government hates you the most. <laughs> they can keep on hating. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> but what I was gonna say about the mother and the cauldron thing is like I'm walking around saying, "Oh, cauldron or cauldron blessed." Like that's a good one. Cauldron blessed. That would look really good on a t-shirt. Like, have you seen? Yeah, no, that'd be good. Have you seen I, the t-shirts I, of Nesta, like Nesta, and they pretend she's a rock fan, and it's like, Nesta, the cauldron blessed in concert. Uh, no. You haven't? No. Girl, I'm gonna buy me 20 of those. Um. Anyway, I'm just like, <laughs> if you wouldn't be burned at the stake right now for the way that you live, are you really living? No, absolutely not. I, yeah. Absolutely. You should dance in the woods. Naked, naked with your five yeah. closest girlfriends <laughs> with a just get a pot just get one of those uh call it a cauldron well, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly who's that uh who, who's that new, the the new paula dean with the red hair what's her name oh yeah yeah pioneer woman the pioneer just get yourself a pioneer woman pot yeah just go to walmart get it Take it on top of a cow no, don't bring the accent back okay no i'm bringing no, it no. back it's happening <laughs> You just stick that right there on top of the campfire right there. You just stick that pot right on there and you just throw some leeks in it. It's going to look okay. like a witch's brew. <laughs> it's going to smell really bad. It's going to smell real bad, but that's fine. You're going to dance real far away from it. It'll be all right. Okay, thank you for that. <laughs> Can we get back into the story? What are we on? Page like 10. I don't know. Take us back. Uh, Callus is scraping. There we are. His hand pressed into hers. Callus is scraping and it was good <laughs> that sounded like a religious ceremony I the know. calluses were scraping and it was good and he said let there be light the lord said let there be calluses heal the people yeah, but heal. not the calluses no you know what i enjoy about nesta here she's got a lot of stones because she's human yeah this dude's invading her space she doesn't back down. She doesn't show any tremble of fear. I wish Cassian her... would invade my space. Yeah, right? anytime. Hey. Anytime, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And then she puts her hand on his chest and push him back. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, okay, I see what you did there. You know how they said that the cauldron could only change women who were strong enough to withstand it? Your girl, Nesta, she a bitch. But she got some stones. She does. I think a lot of people sleep on Nesta because she was the oldest and Pharaoh was really taking care of the family, uh, hunting and making sure mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. bitches ate and they could take stuff to the town to sell and actually have extra money for clothes and paint and et cetera and whatever anybody wants. And here's Nesta basically just standing in a corner and being upset and taking care of Elaine, yeah. whatever the hell that means. You know, yeah, Elaine's pretty <laughs> high maintenance, is what I'm hearing. Well, she pretty, so you know, she pretty, pretty stupid. <laughs> but here we see a little bit of Nesta kind of coming out and saying that she's a coward, that she's selfish. The madness in her over her shortfalls, mm. over her failings, eats her up inside. Yeah, and and she kind of admits that, and I think that's brave as well. Like she's standing up to a fae. But she's also standing up to herself in a way. Yeah. Uh, when she's when she mentions these things, the rage that had consumed her over her family, mm-hmm. over what had happened to her father, that her father didn't care. That if he didn't care, then why should she? And she wanted them to fail so he could see that they were suffering. 
but to allow that mm. all all of the pain over their horrible situation really consumed her yeah and to watch favor step in and be the family's savior well now she doesn't have anything she she doesn't have anywhere to put the rage favor saved yeah. them so so her father doesn't get to fail he doesn't see his family completely go under and to learn his lesson, which I guess is what Nesta was trying to do. Yeah, that's the point. So Favor kind of fucked that up for her in a really messed up way <laughs> from Nesta's <laughs> perspective. Uh, so, of course, she's mad at Feyre. Of course, she's mad at herself. Of course, she's mad at her father. Yeah. The only person she doesn't have to be mad at is Elaine. And her mom's dead, you know, so she can't really be mad at her either. Yeah. So she's just all this rage and anger built up inside of her. And I just really appreciate the fact that she's acknowledging it. Well, I mean, she's not acknowledging it outwardly. We hear we see this as a third-person narration. Correct. But I do think it's... It's a nice little juxtaposition between her and Cassian because they both have their baggage. They're drawn to each other in these ways. Of course, Cassian is five centuries old, so he's had a lot of time to process his trauma, deal, figure out his coping mechanisms, and get through it and not let his trauma affect the people around him in the way that we see Nesta's in the middle of that trauma. Mm -hmm. She doesn't know what to do with herself. And so she lashes out and hurts the people around her. Yes. Because she doesn't have any coping skills or the wherewithal to get through it or the simple experience of being alive for 500 years to be mature and get on the other side of those things. And I think that's one of those things that you were saying earlier is Cassian probably sees a little bit of himself in Nesta. Yeah. Like, she's kind of like a caged animal where he's just, mm -hmm. he wants to help her. He's been there. He's been enraged. He killed an entire village, Owen, by the way. Which, if Nesta had the power, I don't know that she wouldn't do that. Oh, 100% she would. She would. Well, but she should. She should set Grayson's manor on fire and then all would be right. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should all set Grayson's village on fire. Uh, exactly. Pitchforks, anyone? Tomorrow? No, so no. Nesta kind of opens herself up a little bit to Cassian, where she's kind of opened herself up to us. Oh, yeah, and they then, have a whole moment. Yes. Literally, though, and physically, she literally bears her neck to him. Which, as we all know, if you have a dog or a cat, like if you have any kind of pet, mm -hmm. if you've been around animals at all, showing the throat or having it open to someone to potentially attack is a huge showing of trust. Yeah. And I think that their little back and forths kind of make her feel at least comfortable enough to know that this man, end of the day, he's a man. Okay. I know he's mm -hmm. fake. Sure. Yeah. He's got a penis. It's not going to hurt her. He's already kind of shown his colors so to speak. And I yeah. think she feels safe with him for her to expose her neck like that and to get real sexy with it. I mean, my God. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I think, of course, if Nesta were to shut off her brain mm -hmm. and just let her body react to Cassian, we would have been here a little bit sooner. Right. But this is telling of, you know, she had a moment where he was so in her space and invading all of her senses that she couldn't resist just bowing to what her body wanted to do and what her body wanted to do is let cassian lick up the column on her neck nope. and start something right there but see he also wanted to he said every instinct in his body came roaring to the surface so violent he had to choke them back with a brutal grip or else he'd find himself on his knees begging for begging her for a touch for anything but he leaned in and grazed with the tip of his nose he was very gentle with her he did mm -hmm. not give in to his animalistic instincts and devour her which uh, again, first in line. Hello. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a great way to explain that too, because we, as the reader, we get to see the animalistic yes. side. We're like, oh yeah, he wants to tear her apart. But then we get the gentle side. We're like, oh, oh hey, we got to read it and it's really sexy, but he didn't like force it on but her, also, which is also really sexy. Also, Sarah J. Moss says cock for the first time. Is this well, the first in, cock? In reference. I think it's the, no, it's, it's not. <gasps> Is it not? And I'll tell you why, because I went back and Googled it. <laughs> because I, well, I searched in my Kindle because what? I thought the same thing. And my, I recommended these uh, series to a friend and she asked me how spicy they were. And I said, look, you know, 
books one through three, they're sexy. Like they got a little bit of, you know, sex in them. Not really in book one, but more so in two and three. But uh, book five, four or five, whatever you want to call Silver Flames, takes a hard left turn right into Smutsville. Right, right there. Right into Smutsville. I told her, I was like, I don't think that they even say the word cock in the first three books. I was wrong. Yep. If you go into your Google, your uh, Kindle and you word search it, um, we Reese's cock is mentioned plenty of times. I just never really noticed it. I don't know why. Uh, I didn't either. Uh, I re- honest, like honest to God though, I don't think I really noticed cock until it was mentioned with Asriel. <laughs> and then uh, I was like, ew, I hate her. this. <laughs> no. Hey, first off, <laughs> you said it was about Elaine, not about Asriel. Don't be saying, saying Asriel's gross. <laughs> well, it was his cock. I'm just saying. Let's start some shit right now because <laughs> we can start right now. But okay, so they're like entwined together. They have like this little necky kissy thing going on where they're very vulnerable with each other and uh cassian has to open his mouth and doesn't cassian's mouth always get him in trouble yeah sure enough cassian's mouth insert foot he says wound a bit tight these days nesta cassian what do you think this woman is gonna do how can you say something (laughs) like that You've already gone tip for chat. You've already gone blow to blow. You guys are fencing. Like, what do mm-hmm. you think she's just going to be like, oh my God, Cassie, and like, just shut up and kiss me? Yeah, no, I she's going to say some bullshit and pull away. Yeah, yeah. And we see, you know, her walls can get built up quicker than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And we see her go right back into that shell. And it's interesting to see him. But I think her comment after that, is also quite telling because she hasn't got her bearings back enough because I feel like if she had, she wouldn't have insinuated by her comment that that was magical and amazing because she asked if that was some kind of fairy magic. And I was like, ooh, Nesta, not quite back yourself yet after that moment, are you? Yeah, and she brings up the class thing again. and She brings up the what? Class. So him being the faster born... And comparing him to... Well, you got to recover quickly, don't you? After you embarrass yourself like that. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, what do you think she's going to do? She's going to come back at you, Cassian. So now she's comparing you to Resan. She's calling you lowborn. She's calling you a bastard. Mm -hmm. And so he comes back in his own mind with bitch. And as we all know, which you have said multiple times, Bex, Cassian is a man's man, a man about town, a man of the people. He is the woman's man, the children's man. Like he loves everything and everybody. And he just wants everyone to be like happy and peaceful and shit like that. Like Cassian is amazing. So for him to literally say bitch in his own mind, you done fucked up. Mm -hmm. Well, I wonder how much of that, if it hadn't involved Feyre, if he would have been that offended, but you better watch how you speak about my high lady. Well, I know that's an Asriel lady, line. Yeah, but he, she's getting but, there. She's getting there. Yeah. He knows. Yeah. He knows. But I appreciate that he recognizes the insult to Feyre as well. And so we're moving from the physical to the problems that they both have. Obviously, he has his yeah. bastard born problems. She's got her problems with Feyre. Their paths are now crossing socially. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to get dicey. It's mm-hmm. going to get a little mm-hmm. dicey. You know what I thought was interesting about the end of this here? Um, these last few pages, you get a little bit of insight of um, his relationship with Moore, mm-hmm. which I didn't really know. You know, I was so focused the first time I read this on the Nestec Cassian dynamic, like the neck licking and, and all the things. But now that I'm reading it probably for the fourth or fifth time, I'm paying attention to this line where he says that he doesn't want to tell more about Nesta. Hmm, interesting. And I always think it's quite quite interesting. You know, it says he was jealous. And I question, was he jealous of more? He wanted more's attention? Or was he jealous that more was giving the attention to Az? Or was he jealous that Az had somebody coming after him and he didn't? And I guess the way that it words hmm. out is that... He was a jealous, stupid prick. So when Moore asked right. him to bed, he did it. Okay, so that tells us that he was jealous of the attention Moore was giving to Azrael. And so he wanted it for Correct. himself. But even though he knew better. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Exactly. But when he says that he doesn't want to tell more about Nesta now, 
that's what gets me questioning, okay, this love triangle is really weird. Like, I don't understand what the issue, if he's not in a love triangle, he's just the buffer. He's the buffer of the love triangle, but it's not actually, you know, yeah, like it, why it, does it matter? Yeah, it's it's almost like a love triangle that doesn't actually exist. Like, yeah, it's a fictional love triangle. It really is. All, on all three points, fictional. And, and I kind <laughs> of want Sarah J. Moss to come back with that triangle I would like there to be some kind of dramatic reckoning mm-hmm. within the triangle. And I need someone to be really mad at somebody else. Like, I just need this to explode somehow. Because otherwise, then what is what is it for? Well, really? I just Other understand. than to explain a little awkwardness. Yeah, so it's really that Asriel has feelings for more. Okay, so that's a line from Asriel to more. Easy peasy, got that. Got it, okay. More has semi feelings for Azrael, but they're really familial feelings. So now we have like a dotted line <laughs> there and <laughs> she has line. no feelings. <laughs> She's got family feelings, but no confusion of romantic feelings for Cassie. Correct. You know, so even though they lay all over each other and I don't, it's almost kind of like they insinuate that there is something when there isn't something, but I guess maybe more could also just be the older sister figure. That like, yeah. you really want to introduce your girlfriend to the older sister until you know that you're down a certain point. Oh, that's you know? true. Yeah. Like he doesn't want to open that door. Yeah. The more like, door, so to speak. The more door. What would more <laughs> thing? You can't simply just open the more door. I, and yeah, one does not simply open the more door. Thank you. Yes, well done. I'm like matic, baby. Yeah, well done, well done. But what was that like 2009? What? But I enjoy that. I feel like he's spending more time thinking about what more would think than the fact that Nesta's human. Like, what are you going to do about it? She can be gone in two or three decades, and then yeah, that's that's very that, you know, like it would get awkward. But I just think it's it's cute that that's what he's thinking about. Well, we know that Moore has had a relationship with a human. That's true. So I wonder if that also plays something into it because he doesn't know that she's going to turn Faye. Spoiler alert. But I think you're supposed to say spoiler alert before the spoiler. Before you give the spoiler. Uh, that, that's the thing. But I'm wondering too, if Asriel, Resan, or Cassian have had relationships with humans in the past as well. Like maybe... Maybe. I mean, they don't know about Moore's relationship because it, it was you know, her lesbian relationship. Yeah. So they allegedly don't know, which you know that I don't believe that they don't know, but okay. <laughs> so again, to that point where Nesta is not afraid of being physical with Cassian and backing him down, despite she being a human. She'll kick being, him in the balls. Big thing. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? So she goes to kick him in the balls. He catches her. And then that little, you know, minx thinks to herself, I'll just lure him in. Like he was so desperate for it a moment ago. I'm just going to lure him right back into the trap. <laughs> Where are we going? We're going right back into the trap. Trap. I'm waltzing over here to the trap, everybody. Hello. I'm Nesta. Hi, Nesta. I'm in the trap. Look at me. I'm a piece of cheese. I'm a piece of cheese. Is this- <laughs> what is that? A piece of cheese? It's oh. a piece of cheese with a trap. What are you just slapping in the... <laughs> what is that? Got the mouse. I'm going to do for much. What is that? Um, omelette du fromage. That is from Dexter. Dexter's laboratory. Because he was trying to impress the girls on the playground because he could speak French, but the only thing he could say <laughs> was omelette du fromage, which is just cheese omelette. <laughs> um, like, whispered in my ear, Dexter, and he goes, omelette du fromage. Why is that a core memory? I don't know. Honestly. Okay, so we went back into the trap. Nesta's like, here's the trap. Here's Cassian. Enter the trap. So Nesta goes to knee him in the balls. Yeah. And he grabs her trap and he says, cheap cheap shot. Come play with me, Nesta, and I'll teach you far more interesting ways to bring a male to his knees. Now, I know that sounds kind of sexy. Oh, it was. It was. It was very sexy. Um, But we see a little foreshadowing here of Cassian teaching Nesta how to actually fucking fight Mm -hmm. instead of a cheap shot. 
which I'm pretty sure that helps her a few times in Silver Flames. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, hey, ladies, <laughs> if you're pushed into a corner. A shot's a shot. No one's going to judge you. You need that motherfucker in the ball. A shot's a shot. <laughs> what do they teach us in <laughs> Miss Congeniality? Nose, heel, groin. No, it's nose, it's- groin, stomach. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> well, it's a word. It's an acronym. It's swang. <laughs> it's not swang. It's not. Uh, it's sing. Oh sing. yeah. Step. Yeah. Step. It. It. Wait. Hold on. It's something in. Is it in step? Yeah. I think you're right. So, oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Stomach in step. It's solar plex in step. Thing in the middle of your face. Oh, nose. Groin. Thing. Solar plex in step. Michael. Nose. Groin. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Ladies and gentlemen. Sing them. <laughs> solar plex in step. Nose, groin, Michael Caine. <laughs> Michael Caine. I love Michael Caine. He lives on forever. Everybody does. Wait, is he dead? No. He, I'm oh. saying like he lives on his, his geniality lives on. You can't say someone lives on forever when they're not dead. Oh my God. Look here, woman. Bess. What the fuck? Look here. What is, I thought Michael Caine was dead. I was upset. The man's not dead. Get over it. <laughs> You get over <laughs> oh. You get over the thing that didn't happen. Okay, right. but how about this line, though, where she says, you're all the same, she's imperious, she's cold as the dawn. Perhaps being an immortal makes you all predictable. <gasps> makes you predictable? Bitch, please. Wouldn't that make you unpredictable? I don't, that, that math ain't mathing for me. Like, I, like, I have forever. I'll do whatever I want, whenever <laughs> I want. Mm-hmm. And that could be anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, you know, you you having a certain amount of time to live, that means you predictable, bitch. But again, she's just trying to hit him where it hurts. She's just trying to jab at him. That's all it is. Yep. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, she doesn't have much to grasp on to. So she's just pulling whatever she can. I, I think she has plenty to grasp on to. Mm, she about to have plenty to grasp on to. Just give her a damn... <laughs> Just give her, just give her a book and a half. She Look, have you listened to the graphic audio version of this audiobook? I I tried graphic audio. I really did, and it just was not for me. Look, I, the I girl, do it. the girl that they cast as Nesta had the voice fucking down. Yeah, was it kind of like believe um, it? It was amazing and airy at the same time. I don't, I don't. She was perfect. That's kind of worse. I don't know who you are, Nesta, voice, graphic, audio, Nesta, but you're amazing. Just keep doing what you're doing. She was... Okay, cool. She was spectacular. Never a voice has been so casted. (laughs) Give the woman a Grammy for her voice performance. (laughs) All right, so wrap up of the chapter. How do you... How did you feel about the chapter? The extra, the bonus, the excerpt, the deleted scene, and... How do you feel about it going into the next book? Well, I love that you have to keep in mind that this, even though we're reading it after Akawar, that it takes place in Akomath. So it's only like the second or third time that they've seen each other. And it will be after this that they have the moments in battle, that she cares for him, that she screams, Cassian, and they have their moment and their sweetness. But I also like that it gives some insight. This is our first bit of Nesta in her head kind of thinking. Like we were all thinking, Nesta, you were the older sister. You let your family starve. How freaking dare you? And she lays it out here for us. And that foreshadows what we're going to have, of course, in Silver Flames. And obviously this foreshadows that we're leaving the Feyre Reese point of view for other side characters. So it gives me hope that beyond Nesta and Cassian, we will get our stories for Asriel, Lucian. I think Lucian should get his own book outside of the Asriel story. Some people are hoping for a Tamlin redemption arc. The list is long. What about you? No, absolutely. Completely agree with you. I think it is a a crap ton of foreshadowing here with uh, fire, with Cassian helping Nesta learn how to fight with their back and forth kind of thing, because this does not end. Even when they get physically entwined with one another. Ooh, that was a lovely way to say that. (laughs) Thank you. Whenever they get physically entwined with one another, there's still a lot of stuff to work on. So even though they can read each other physically, 
throughout this whole excerpt. They fall apart once they start talking about other people or once they start triggering one another with their own traumas. And so you can kind of see that there's just stuff that they're going to have to work on and the physical connection, the mating, because they are mates at this point. Yeah. Period. Like they're they're mates. We can tell that with Rhysan with his flashbacks of Thayla. So we, we know that at this point they are mates. Mm-hmm. And it takes more than that. It takes more than being soulmates. It takes more than being physically attracted to each other to become a couple, to become a successful relationship. Yeah. And I think Lucian needs to take notes here. Just because Elena is your mate doesn't mean the bitch wants you. Okay, you guys got to work on that shit. And okay, you know what? I'm actually going to give Lucian a little bit of... The fact that he backs off and gives Elaine space, I think... No, I think he handles Elaine with grace. Like, I don't know what else he could have done. Exactly. I think he is actually doing a really good job. Mm -hmm. But I I just love giving Lucian shit because I love him and I don't want him to be with Elaine because I want him to be with me because I'm weirdly attracted to Lucian. (laughs) I think it's a redhead thing. Uh, So (laughs) um, I I think there's a lot of foreshadowing in this excerpt and it really introduces the raw sexuality that Sarah J. Moss is going to expound upon later on yep uh, left turn and, and left turn into smutsville left turn uh, right into the right into the smutsville mm-hmm. i think is that what you call it? Smut smutsville? City? smutsville smut city smut city smut town smuts you could just call me the mayor of smutsville okay <laughs> um so so this is this was fun it was uh sexy it was a little scary and um, mm-hmm. it was a it was a great, I think, switch for Sarah J. Moss to become a more mature writer. Yeah. As yeah. opposed to the young author, uh, young adult author that she kind of started out as. Yeah. So this is, this is a great mature twist for her. And that that's it. That's the end yeah. of it. Well, we I just want to leave a personal note for SJM because, you know, she could be listening. Uh, I would read a million of these. So give them all to me on my G drive. Thanks. Yes. We would like all of the bonus chapters, all of the deleted scenes, everything that you thought I didn't want to read. I've got news for you. We do want to read it. I want to read it. Give it to us. Give it to us. This is under duress. You have to give it to me. Give it up. This is a threat. (laughs) I will find you. We will. No, no, we won't. We won't. Sorry, I'm too far. Too far. Okay. That's it for this episode. (laughs) Check back for Frost and Starlight. It'll be coming your way soon. And don't forget to read Between the Lines with CCM Vex. Mm -hmm.